Yes, after playing a sellout concert in Christchurch last night, the great man Elton John joins us in studio. G'day, Elton. No, I'm whining, yep. <laughs> How good would that be to have Elton John in studio? You should have seen Sam's face when I did that. <laughs> did, you, um, did you see Jimmy Carr's also in town as well? Is he? Yeah. Did you not know that? You no. love Jimmy Carr. You should I go get tickets. Jimmy pa- Paula went to him last night. She said it was the funniest thing she's ever been to. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, well, you need to go. But he, <laughs> that was a great... <laughs> <laughs> um, he went on The Rock, I think it was, yesterday or the day before, and I think it was the Morning Rumble, and literally just ripped them out for like five minutes. Like, was taking Andrew Mulligan to town, being like, do you really need four people working on, like, what are you doing? Like, do you need to be here? Like, you can probably leave. Like, and he just ripped all, It was fantastic. He's, he's, he's so offensive, but he's one of the few that still sort of is able to do it. I saw, Certainly a clip, get away with I saw a clip of him and they he was a guest on a show and they just said, what's the most offensive joke you've ever heard? And he goes, do you want me to tell it? Oh dear. Do you want me to tell it? And they said, yeah. And he told it and I love offensive jokes because I, I know it's all humour. It made me squirm. Wow. And I can't, certainly can't tell it on air. No, certainly you can't. Oh my. <laughs> anyway, oh he's my. in town so maybe you should go get tickets to Jimmy. How, how, how often is he on? Is he on tonight? He might be. We'll have a look for you. Thanks. Yeah. Just go along. Sit in row J, seat one, on my Todd. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy, stay. See if I can get him to come in the studio Just heckle him and see if you can get a response. Yeah. Text from Jim into Mooka on the cricket. I think we're in a change period with our cricketers. Well, you're going to have to blood inexperienced cricketers and be prepared to suffer to find some class. Glenn Phillips throwing up and still going on to a world-class effort when he was crook as a dog. Tells me our boys are proudly wearing the black shirt and considering our number of players in this country, we do well. Go get them, boys. Yep, I'm with you, Jim. We don't have many players uh, when you compare us to, you know, when we're competitive with Australia and we're beating England and we're beating these other teams at these tournaments, we do amazingly well. And we would love us to be better, but we do do really well. When you take all those factors Jim's put in there, Sammy, you're right. You are right. Monday the thirtieth in Auckland, Jimmy Carr. Should we? Should all three of us go? Because yes. we've got an OB on Monday. On Monday, out at uh, Cracker, so we could just team, after that team building. We'll get Ruben to pay for it. So oh, look, let's, yeah, let's swing we'll, that. We'll just say we're falling apart, like socially, like we just don't get each other anymore. Yeah, we just, just need a bonding thing. With the, the 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 joy has been is gone. Has yeah. been sucked out of the relationship. There's no so delight. There's no delight. So we just want to go to some comedy, have a bit of a laugh, and bond, and rekindle the yeah, rekindle and we'll, the energy. And I guarantee next Tuesday there'll be an amazing show. Oh, we can, might be able to swing that. We might be able to swing that. Who's got the most chance to sway Ruben? Me, you, or Captain K? <sighs> Certainly not Cap. You reckon Captain K? Oh, I think Captain K. Oh, Ruben, if you're listening, you know I got you in my back pocket, mate. I'll do it. <laughs> what we're going to do, boys, we're going to pre-record a fight on air between the three of us. I'll send that off to Ruben and be like, mate, look, we're just. It's fallen apart. You know, the only solution is Jimmy Carr Monday the 30th. Actually, if you're listening, Ruben, um, there was a text you sent me about six months ago that you will very much not want me to reveal. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you won't want me to reveal it publicly. And I will, if you don't. <laughs> In fact, we just got a text to the show from Carl saying, Hey, Staffy, you went to Jimmy Carr in Invercargill last Thursday and it was the best thing ever. Two hours on stage without a break. Go, you won't be disappointed. Cheers, Carl. And I think paraphrasing what Carl means there is the station should pay for me, Sam, and Captain K to go because it will reunite us as a working unit. 
I agree. Yeah, well, let's we'll get the wheels in motion. Get the wheels in motion. What we're going to do now, though, we don't want to keep Mitch McLennigan waiting any longer. And, of course, New Zealand on the back of that 3-0 grubbing over in India. Uh, Mitch, <laughs> look, after those the last three matches, you must be pretty disappointed with what was on show. Yeah, disappointed. Um, actually, a little bit stoked that there wasn't a fourth and a fifth ODI in that series, mate. Um, could have got a whole lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all in all, mate, yeah, um, pretty disappointing. There wasn't too many shining lights in that tour, was there? I think Stephen Conway um, last night showed how good he is um, to be able to, again, lose his doping partner top really early um, and go on to fight through to, to an incredible knock as it was trying to take down a huge total. Um, was exceptional. And then Michael Bracewell, who's been outstanding and, and shown that fighting spirit. And, and that, um, that experience that he's had from playing cricket for such a long period of time, mate, really has shone through in some precious situations. Yeah, and I guess um, over the last few matches, there's been a few shining lights, but it's just the consistency just isn't there. I mean, we saw Finn Allen go for nothing again last night. He, he's a rocks and diamonds type player. Would you persevere mm-hmm. with him? Well, Phil Allen, he's been averaging 15, mate, the last six games, right? So he hasn't got off his high school's 40. He hasn't really done any, any damage, really. Um, I think they've put, their, they've put their foot in it, really. They've said that he's, he's what they need for this World Cup. He's what they need to win this World Cup. So I guess, I guess what they need to do is he's in line to go to the IPL and miss the Sri Lankan tour that's going to start on the 25th of March, mate. I, I'd, if I was New Zealand cricket, I'd be putting my foot down and saying, well, hold on. Finn, I need you to play some one-day cricket. We need to find what tempo you need to bat in the one-day format of the game if you're going to be any chance of playing in this World Cup. I know there's a few extra games, another nine games outside of those three games against Sri Lanka before the World Cup starts. But that'd be the starting point. And in that tour, mate, I'd be looking at bringing Guttel back. Conway's going to go to the IPL, send them off. He's done his job. Guttel and Finn, head-to-head, see who's going to make that side for that World Cup squad. So basically using these build-up games as a trial. Right. Or even just seeing if they're a really good opening combination. Mm. Because even though Conway, even though Conway's done so exceptionally well at the top, I still feel like Daryl Mitchell at four is just a little bit high. Yeah. Um, and if I was going to play him, I'd want him to be the alternative between Glenn Phillips and Daryl Mitchell, depending on whether the wicket's going to seem a little bit, you need that extra seam or you need that extra spinner. Uh, I, I feel it's just a touch high for him in, in that order at international cricket at the minute. Um, that's my personal opinion. He is just out of, a little bit out of touch, a little bit out of form since that World Cup and that hand injury. Uh, but that's what I'd like to see. And if they're not going to go with, with Conway at four as an option, I think in the Sri Lankan series and, and leading into the World Cup, we really need to see a lot more of Will Young. I think Will Young is an impressive young batter. His form over the last couple of years domestically has been second to none. He's been the best, best batter by far. So I feel like he needs to have an introduction if they do want to bring him in. If they do not want uh, Conway to slide down to four, I think Will Young's probably that next best option. Mm, good point. Um, your wheelhouse, the bowling, um, a glaring omission has been Trent Bolt whenever he doesn't strip for New Zealand. I just feel like our bowling attack's a little bit underpowered. Uh, nice start last night for Lockie Ferguson, but that, that didn't really take long. We just, we just couldn't damage them at all, all bowlers. Yeah, indoors indoors one of the worst places to play as a bowler, mate. That's uh, my least favourite uh, ground in the world, and that's saying a lot. Having grown up on that, on Eden Park number two, it's uh, it's absolutely absolutely tiny, mate. The temperature's hot. 
the wicket is flat. It's actually one of the most difficult places to bowl in the world. And I actually thought it was a bit of a it was a bit of a hospital pass to, to Jacob Duffy. Yeah, you want to play these games, but you know Shipley's been the one that they've pinned their pinned their hat on. Um, and I thought that would have been a great opportunity to see Shipley under some real pressure on a ground that's tiny um, in those conditions against two top top class openers. But mate, all in all, mate, I mean Shipley three wickets at 43, picking at four wickets at 41. Uh, I'm not even going to worry about Duffy there, poor fella. Uh, Lockie Ferguson, one wicket at 151. He took one wicket in the six matches. That's across the last two series, mate. So uh, it's, it's pretty frustrating, right? It's um, pretty grim reading. I thought Lockie showed a lot with the new ball. So Lockie with the new ball, if you if you go back and watch the replay, watch Rohit Sharma's footwork for Lockie Ferguson. He beat the outside edge a couple of times. He hit Gill on the fire pad with ball shaping back. I think that's just a lack of him not... Uh, I think that shows what he can do with that new ball. Um, if we're not going to have a golf in that World Cup squad, um, he's just going to need to be able to bowl a little bit more with that new ball at international level to, to get that accuracy back. What about Trent Bolt then? Um, last week we heard Craig McMillan saying that New Zealand don't need him for the World Cup. And on... Monday, I think it was, Ian Smith, our own Ian Smith, said New Zealand cricket should be on their knees begging Trent Bolt to play in the World Cup. Diametrically opposite opinions. It's a, it's a heck of a talking point. Well, one's in the North Island, one's in the South Island, right? And, <laughs> and where's the high performance? Where's the high performance set up, mate? So, so always with this kind of stuff, mate, you've been in the media a long, long time. Where, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? Yeah. And someone who's close to, to Canterbury Cricket and close to the high-performance unit down there in, in Christchurch and Craig McMillan, look, he's probably got an inkling if he hasn't heard it from the horse's mouth. I think there's probably a high chance that they're not looking at Trent Bolt for the World Cup. And to me, that's incredibly disappointing. But us as cricket fans and, uh, and just wanting to know some surety we just want New Zealand cricket to come out and say what, what the lay of the land actually is. We just want them to come out and say, yep, he is going to be available. He's going to be back for these series and he's going to be ready and fighting for this World Cup. Otherwise, let us all move on. Let us all move past Trent Bolt, hoping that he's going to play this World Cup and that any kind of reparation between any damages that are being done um, between New Zealand cricket and Trent Bolt are, uh, are never going to be repaired. And we can, just, we can just move on with our lives and actually start looking at these guys and getting behind them and trying to figure out who our next best person is coming to that side if we do suffer an injury. But it's pretty much locked in. It's between obviously going to be KJ, Henry, Lockie, Bolt, well, not Bolt now, or Saudi uh, for that World Cup squad. But if one of those goes down, who do we really have? Mm. The, the Trent Bolt thing, is it? Is it I don't know if ego's the right thing at play here, but we've had non-contracted players, a la Jimmy Neesham, play a number of games for New Zealand without any much fanfare but is it because it's Trent Bolt and he's obviously gone to New Zealand cricket and says I want to chase the money or I want to do my own thing blah 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 and they said no contract and now they're, it's a pride thing why, why why is it not seamless he's still bloody good yeah I, I spoke to Grant Elliott on um, on the show last week on, on afternoons and he made a really good point he, he said like it's a precedent right like they're trying to protect the precedent of like if yeah, one of your top players want to go away and then like come back and play willy nilly that kind of stuff and they don't want to set that precedent for other players like potentially a Kane Williamson or a Tim Southey or, or someone like that in the future. But I, he kind of said that maybe there needs to be a different way of contracting them to New Zealand cricket so they are available for pinnacle events um, and they are required to come back and maybe miss a tournament or two 
so they are fit enough or back within the unit long enough before a World Cup or a pinnacle event. Um, you know, and that's a requirement under some kind of other contracting or, or something like that. So I don't know exactly what the answer is, but I think Graham was making his way towards a possible solution where you can contract leading into a, a pinnacle event and then let those those guys go outside of that. And and look, mate, that might be we might be looking back at this in, in ten years' time and going, well, why are we kicking up such a fuss? That's just the way of the world now, um, particularly being a smaller nation who's not particularly. Uh, high in terms of drawing numbers into the test, test cricket game, so and, and the viewership that comes with that. So, look, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I've kind of gone round in circles there, Steffi. Uh, if you can get some kind of answer out of that, that'd be great. <laughs> what about? I want to talk to you about the coaching and not Gary Stead. I want to ask you about Bob Carter because. He was in charge at the World Cup with the women who were incredibly disappointing and he got the archer from that and then he was made selector for their next tour. Then he was put back into high performance and now I see him on the sideline um, in India. What does what's, what's his endearing quality, how he keeps getting these big gigs in New Zealand cricket? <laughs> if I knew, mate, I'd probably be ahead of high performance. <laughs> I've got no idea, mate. We'll be sitting here talking to you uh, because I don't think he does. So no, he's probably pretty good getting on the phone and having, having a conversation with guys. Look, I, I don't know, mate. I, I, I think it's. Um, I I don't know. I look at I saw Bob Carter on the sideline, and I don't know why when when you're going to the place that you're going to have a World Cup. Um, that you've got staff on leave. Um, so I know Shane Jurgensen's obviously a bowling coach and he's on leave. I would have thought there would have been a different or better time for him to go on leave rather than going on, like being on the tour with a group of young bowlers who are making their way in international cricket and you've got your bowling coach who's got 10 years experience at the top level with the, with the national side, um, not actually on that tour. So I didn't see, I didn't see a bowling coach there on that tour. When you've taken all youngster, all young fast bowlers away on that tour with you, so that to me that was out of all of that, I, that's probably the most flabbergasting thing to me that they had to take Paul Wiseman and and, and Bob Carter over to make up the coaching staff when when like absolutely you had no salary there, you needed someone with some experience from the bowling side and some experience in those conditions, and you didn't get it from the coaching setup that they took to India. Mm. How worried are you going into the World Cup? A lot of things need to change, eh? Oh, look, it's, it's going on fitness, right? It's, it's depending on, on Matt Henry being fit, um, KJ being fit, Saudi um, obviously and Lockie Ferguson. And who's going to take up that other death role out of Henry and, and, and Jameson? Um, neither, of them, neither of them has done it particularly well in the past. Henry in particular has been uh, very poor at the death historically exceptional with the new ball and up top um, but towards the back end it has leaked a lot of runs for New Zealand in the past so that's a concern for mine batting wise well, sometimes you've just got to follow your pride right you, you've just got to say right we're going to bring Scuffle back into the side or at least back into the squad I know he's hungry for it I know he's desperate to get back there don't look at his big bash um, output he's putting in over there he's a one day player Martin Guppel is built to play one day cricket. Get off to that steady start, pick it up through the middle and build that long innings which people bat around, which you need one of your openers to do. And and Finn Allen might find us might find a seat next to him if they look and move his way down the order. 
Otherwise, I, mate, I, I think I think the batting in particular is just up in arms. I, I I feel a bit sorry for for Glenn Phillips, who when you when you're a number six batter, you're expecting to kind of do come in with like twenty overs to go, fifteen overs to go, five overs to get yourself in, and then finish the innings off. Uh, he hasn't had that opportunity, so and and it, he's the kind of guy who who practices the way he expects to play, and he would have been expecting to, to play that finisher role. So maybe. Maybe we just need someone to take a little bit deeper so the explosiveness of Phillips and Bracewell at the end can really come to the fore. Mm. My final point is, geez, we're lucky we've found Michael Bracewell when he's found international cricket comfortable. Well, it's, it's great, mate. And, and this is, look, I'll tell you what, if, he, if there wasn't that island tour on when, when the boys were playing the IPL, uh, look, we may not have seen Michael Bracewell. Because he's he's getting to that age where they start to push guys out of domestic cricket and New Zealand cricket, and and we're looking at a guy now who could have a four to five year career in international cricket. He could play from 32, 32 to thirty seven or thirty one to thirty seven, mm. and he's a guy we might have we might have missed out on. And and that's that's where I think we need to look at just in general as New Zealand cricketers. Why are we pushing? Why are we pushing experienced players out? Everyone develops at a different different stage, and if they're the best player to play for your domestic association, you pick them, and you'll find a way to develop guys in and around around your best best eleven or your best fifteen. So, look, mate, a lot lots of ponder in the next. Uh, well, they've only got another what, twelve games or something like that, mate. Uh, at the moment, I would say it doesn't look super positive, but you know, it only takes a Kane Williamson or uh, you know, or, or Lockie Ferguson or, or Saudi to have an absolute blinder to really get back to that semi-final stage. And you know, once you're in knockouts, anything can happen. Brilliant, Mitch. Always appreciate your insights, mate. You're still passionate New Zealand cricketer. That'll never leave you. And we just want them to go better. Hey, uh, really appreciate your time today. Yes, brother. Not a problem. Yeah. So, Mitch McLennigan, what do you make of it? What do you make of his thoughts? I, I love talking to people that, Know what they're talking about and have a good opinion. Mitch McKennigan, been there, done that. Um, he wants Guptill back. I didn't know Shane Jurgensen was on holiday. It does seem strange, and I'm not decrying the hard work that Shane Jurgensen does and how successful he's been in bringing on, but just the timing. It's it's interesting. Interested in your thoughts? We've still got time to take your calls. 0800 150 811. Love to hear from you after this short break.